Welcome to the College Football Bros. I am Trey Newman, and I'm joined by... That's me, Ryan Newman. Yeah, Ryan. So it looks like we're, we're, we're down one this week. Michael's not with us, just like uh, the Notre Dame defense, down one. Oh, yeah, nice. You, <laughs> you had to have prepared for that. that. Uh, a little bit, the but, yeah. but I did yeah. think of it at least. Got to give me credit for that. No, that is, yeah. Nice. <laughs> Poor Irish. Better than Michael. That's true. Uh, yeah, so so Michael is uh, traveling, so Ryan and I are going to take the reins this week. Yeah. Uh, so do you want to do you want to get into it or you any you want to bash Michael at all? Well, we're I mean it is going to be kind of a blessing to get out of his I don't know what do you call it his not his shadow because that's certainly not the right term but his claws of death maybe I don't know something wow like wow yeah. yeah don't have to worry about noise by the way I actually yeah. tried to up my production level the week he leaves oh yeah you know, the, I got a little uh, better background so the people that can see this are, yes uh, video loving true. it yeah yeah yeah. Mm-hmm. Patreon listeners can view it. All right, um, let's get into it. We've got uh, the week four takeaways. Ryan, why don't you start us off? All right, I'll start. Seemingly for me, I'm talking about the Pac-12 all the time. Um, but I feel like they're they, worth they, it. They, I exactly, they're exactly. Um, Washington for me. I I just have to say. I mean, after consistently doing this for like four weeks now, they're legit. Of all the teams, you know, I've seen play this year throughout the country. I don't I don't think that you can really say anybody's really looked better than Washington. They have just been good, amazing on offense. Um, and they've played some decent teams. You know, they whipped up on Boise. They whipped up on Cal, Michigan State. So they're not just, I mean, I know those teams aren't world beaters right now, but they're not chopped liver. Those teams have won some games and, you know, look good otherwise. So um, Michael Penix has just been outrageous at quarterback, playing about as well as you can. Defense looks good. Um, you know, and and with the teams nationally, like, Bama and Georgia and Clemson, Ohio State, they seemingly have office kind of come down to earth a little bit. Um, so I don't see why Washington can't have aspirations of just seriously winning it all. Like I could see it in a scenario where they do it. They're they're right there to me. Which if you said that, you know, just over a year ago, people would have just you would think Yeah, you're before insane. last year. Like give me I a minute, especially with no John Ross. Like, how would they have done that? They finally got rid of what's their their offensive coordinator. Uh, yeah. Uh, Donovan. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right. Yeah. Kalen DeBoer's a little decent upgrade there. All right. Well, I'm going to incredible touch on the, uh, the, the team I alluded to at the beginning, Notre Dame, Ohio State, Notre Dame, that game. And I guess my, my takeaway is I still don't fully know what to think of Ohio State. Like, I guess this game did validate that their defense is much improved. That much is yeah. evident. Um, Knowles has got that side going. Um, you know, they kept Sam Hartman in check most of the game. Same with the, their rushing attack. But other than, you know, on offense, other than the long Travion Henderson run, there wasn't a whole lot of production other than that that final drive. Um, you know, for three quarters, it was almost kind of a boring defensive game. And then you look at Notre Dame, man, they played some conservative defense on that that final drive. But, Why change? You know, Why change? I, I don't get it especially it wasn't like it was a shootout. It wasn't like they were struggling. Um, but Kyle McCord to his credit, you know, he was clutch making some good throws when necessary. Obviously. I mean, there's a couple third down, fourth down plays. Um, and he, you know, it's funny though, is he was even quoted after the game referring to Notre Dame's defense as playing a soft defense there. Like, Oh my gosh, Lou Holtz must just be like, well, what about when Notre, Notre Dame, Dame got the ball with like 
you know, was it just under three minutes or something? And oh yeah, they couldn't get anything going. They went conservative the first couple plays, and it was just a disaster. And then yeah, that screen changed. though, <laughs> teams changed in those last few minutes. I know. Just just go for it. Like you get a first down, the game's over. Just play normal. And it, in fact, you probably have a better chance of getting a first down than normally because they're trying to stack the run. Like I don't understand yeah, exactly. that. Yeah, exactly. Like. Just do Dude, don't be predictable. Yeah. yeah. So Lou Holtz was pissed about that too then. Uh, but bottom line, still for Ohio State, it is a very good win on the road, tough environment. Yes. But I'm just, I'm still a little bit on the fence with the the offense. Um, it's really good, but I'm not sure they're they're great yet. I don't know if they're really good, but. Okay. Yeah. Above average. Yeah. But well put. All right. Uh, staying in the Pac-12 for me, um, Colorado came back down to earth, got their reality check. Um, the honeymoon is over, whatever more <laughs> sayings I can say. Um, and, you know, we kind of anticipated, at least, you know, I, I, I thought this would happen. I didn't think 42 to six, but I thought they'd kind of get beat up pretty good. Um, yeah, Oregon just laid it on him. Shudder Sanders, man, he tried quarterback for Colorado, of course, he, but he just couldn't do it all on his own. There just wasn't right. enough help around him. And, you know, when you look at the Colorado team, they're obviously better than we all thought, but they have some serious warts on that that roster right now their defense is just bad you know they're bad against the run and against the pass and offensively they can't run the ball they're terrible at that so really all they can do is rely on Shudder sanders to come up with some magic and throwing it and without travis hunter they lose a huge playmaker for them so they're not really going into pac 12 play well i know they just had oregon but they're one of the lower tier teams it's looking like obviously um so to me finding three more wins to get to a bowl like to bowl for them, eh, it's going to be an uphill battle. They need to, they can't lose to any of the teams that they quote unquote have a chance or should beat. So, but I, at this point, I would wager that they don't make a bowl game. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's, um, I'm going to go back to the other coast. I'm going to look at the ACC, Florida State and Clemson, that game. And you look at Florida State, they, they, they could be one of those teams that's having one of those magical seasons that we see teams every year, every yeah. other year go on. DCU. Um, yeah. Right. Like, cause Clemson really outplayed the Knolls most of this game. They, and they had their chances to put their foot on the throat of the Seminoles, but they, they couldn't do it. And the biggest play of the game to me was uh, they had Clemson had the ball up seven in FSU territory at the very end of the third quarter. Any points there, you go up two scores with the way that defense was playing. They, they probably win the game. Of course, there ended up being a sack, fumble, scoop, and score um, that ended up tying it. Just changed everything. And then, you know, even Florida State got a little fortunate when Clemson missed that short field goal with the mm-hmm. the kicker basically Rough. off the street, uh, which was you know a bummer for the the storybook. But because uh, like I said, the defense played great, but the offense just couldn't do enough to to get them over the hump. So, and again, it's amazing that that Clemson. We're sitting here at the end of September is probably out of the playoff race. It just it's I don't wild see how they could a couple years get ago. back into it. No, it would need utter chaos. They but don't I have agree. enough. They won't have enough good wins. You know, there's just no right. Yeah, losing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, all right. Well, let's move on to. Um, I'm going to talk about Penn State here, and it, it right as of this juncture, at least, it looks to me like they're just as good, if not better you know, than their East rival. So Ohio State and Michigan, they're right there. I don't think there's a, a gap between them. Um, Penn State dominated this week. They dominated Iowa, 31 nothing. I know it's Iowa, but uh, shutting out an opponent, always good, always impressive. Um, 
76 total yards of offense for Iowa's offense. <laughs> That's you got to try to do that. I don't know how you come up with just that. That's incredible. Um, Ferentz should just Brian Ferentz should just resign like now. Um, and you know, flip side, I wasn't actually impressed with the Indian Lions offense. Um, 31 points against the Hawkeyes is not easy to do. They did a good job in adverse conditions. Um, yeah. But since we're talking about Iowa, I got to give the update on the Brian Ferentz, oh, you know, numbers game. Uh, so, yeah, they got to average 25, and they're currently averaging 21.25, so about 3.75 off. That's that's not good. Um, so from now on, they would need to average just under 27 points per game to to reach that 25 per game. And that's going to be hard to do, man. And it's going yeah, to be still going to be do. a couple games to yeah would be an underdog obviously to go over yeah one, yeah so that's yikes they got they got some of the lower you know they got like Purdue and um, Northwestern right you know I think uh, are they even the like but even against them are they even capable of putting up fifty like I don't think they are <laughs> fifty no but you know they I put know. up what forty one versus Utah State right or something so get a, they're going to need yeah yeah that's not it's going to be really great. hard yeah yeah. All right, I'm going to go Alabama Ole Miss. Um, I know this might come as a shock, but Nick Saban kind of, he knows how to handle his teams. Uh, You know, he benched Milrow uh, after, you know, a couple weeks ago after the Texas game, give him some some time to think, rally himself, you know, get regathered. And what do you know? Milrow comes back against the top 15 Ole Miss team. He was 17 of 21, led a a pretty good offensive team. production yeah. you know against Ole Miss and I guess you know the Tides defense of course really held Lane's offense in check I mean Jackson yeah. Dart was fairly ineffective this game and it just this it the what my takeaway is that this kind of resembles how Alabama used to play um, yes. they managed kind of just manage the offense have a very strong defense and that's how they're going to have to succeed this year. Um, yep. They're going to rely on that old recipe you know the last five six seven years they've had this you know very productive Crazy offense run. but yeah. but before that they had that all that success without a really good offense so that's going to be the recipe and you know Ole Miss and Lane they just can't quite slay the the Bama beast no no I, I thought they had a chance this week or you know I thought they were gonna yep at least at least make it a really good game but I, I was know. disappointed um all right my final pack 12 note here man oh, yeah. watch out for the Cougs Washington State, Amazing. they got a huge, Amazing. huge win. Yeah, this past week they beat the Beavers, Oregon State, so they won the Pac-2. Um, <laughs> and the Cougs, were, they were in control of this game pretty much the entire way. Um, the Beavers did make kind of a furious late comeback, um, and they ended up scoring with about a minute left to cut it to three, uh, but this couldn't convert the onside kick to give themselves a chance. But uh, Cougs, they're legit, man. Cam Ward, the quarterback for them, is he's clearly not the same guy as he was last year. He's got to be loving his new offensive coordinator, Ben Arbuckle. I mean, you know, whenever something like that happens, maybe now he's, I don't know, it it may be the best thing that's ever happened to Cam Ward. Like he might get some more NFL looks if he puts up some huge numbers now. So um, the Cougs have a bye this coming week. um, So they'll get to rest up um, undefeated still, 4-0, 1-0 in the Pac-12. And then they go to UCLA. So that should be another good game there. I was thinking about this too with Cam Ward. Like right now, if he... And Washington State had Alabama jerseys. He'd be near the top of the Heisman right now. He has 13 yeah. touchdowns, no picks. He has three more rushing touchdowns. He's third in the nation in yards. Like they have two top 20 wins as a team. Yeah. So like they're, I mean, they still got a long ways to go, but they're they're very good. 
They are. All right. Well, I'm going to stay in the Pac-12. Uh, the final takeaway here is going to be about the Utah-UCLA game. Um, <laughs> yeah, Kyle Whittingham and Morgan Scally, like, just never doubt them. They are, yeah. I mean, they have yet to play a game this year where they're close to 100% healthy and 100% strength, yet they keep winning. And they've played a pretty tough schedule. Uh, they're yeah. 4-0. A lot of people Florida, Baylor, obviously wouldn't have them 4-0 but without rising. Um, yeah. And they, they really slowed down Chip Kelly's Bruins. You know, a lot, he only allowed them to score in very late in the fourth quarter. And I was, I heard, so I saw a thing where Chip's three lowest offensive outputs since he's been at UCLA have all been against Utah. So, like, Scally and Whittingham just have his number. Uh, I mean, you could tell first play of the game, pick six. Utah. Yeah, that was, <laughs> they're I mean, just game was over pretty much then. They're playing at such a high level on that, that side of the ball. They, they really do, though. They need Cam Rising back, though, to kickstart that offense more. Because uh, one of these games, not having an offense is going to cost them. But they're doing great yeah. right now. I'm not going to doubt them. We'll see. I mean, they you know, got another tough one for them this coming week. And on a Friday night, that's right. let's get to it, huh? Yeah, that's right. So um, let's let's shift over to that. So Friday night, great one to, yeah. to kick off the weekend. Utah at Oregon State. Beavers are favored three and a half. There's some good games on this Thursday, Fridays the, this week. I'm looking yeah. forward to it. Friday in particular has got some good ones. I think there's like mm-hmm. three good games. Um, yeah, so Cam Rising, his availability is obviously the biggest news uh, in this game and really for Utah in general. But he's splitting first-team reps with Nate Johnson this week. Yeah. Um, did last week too, but um, I don't know. We, he warmed up, just didn't go last week. And I don't think we're going to know this week until, you know, handful of minutes before before kickoff i don't think that they want to tip their hand anyways you know so even with rising in there though uh, there's still plenty of concerns for the utah offense they're not playing well uh, really at all they're 112th in total offense 119th in passing yes rising would help those numbers but i don't know if they would be dramatically better um, especially when he might not be 100 percent clearly himself if he's still you know waiting to be played so um don't expect a huge, huge, huge jump if he's in there. But, you know, so I'm, I'm going to take the Beavers. Um, they had a tough loss last week against the Cougs. But, you know, at the Palouse, a very tough place to play against a good team. Really no shame in losing by three. Um, so I, I'm still really high on the Beavers. Um, I think DJU's been solid, been pretty darn good for him. Um, and I just think the Beavers have a clear offensive advantage um, and way better than the Utes. And, you know, at home, I think they can cover the three points. All right, you're... Um... You're making a case against me, and you're trying to twist my arm, but I'm going to go the other way. I'm mm-hmm. going to take the three and a half with the Utes, and I'm actually I'm boldly going to make them my lock of wow. the week. Oh, yeah. Um, Friday night, right out of the gate, going for it. Why, why not? So even without rising, I like Scally's defense uh, against the Beavers. DJU just... He has to prove it to me. He can make clutch throws when needed. Like, can he make a key third down completion? The last two mm. weeks, he's thrown three picks. He's under 50% completions. Now, I know Jonathan Smith is going to have them ready, uh, especially off the higher higher scoring affair against Wazoo, home crowd at Reister Stadium. But I think the Utes will be able to generate some rushing success and obviously defensive success to, to keep it under, in this case, a field goal. Um, I, but I like you said, Ryan, my concern would be Utah offensively if they're trailing that's a that's a worry but yeah I'll take the three and a half all right fair enough 
Uh, let's move on to uh, the Saturday games. Um, I have USC, their favorite 21 and a half at Colorado. Um, boy, it sure seems like a second loss in a row here is coming for, for the buffs. Um, you know, I don't see how Colorado can come anywhere close to stopping Caleb Williams, um, and the USC offense with how bad this Colorado's defense has looked. It, it wouldn't surprise me at all to see USC get into the fifties this game. In fact, the odds actually suggest that they will. They're supposed to score about 452, 53 points based off of the numbers here. So, I mean, Colorado, I think they'll find more success offensively uh, this week than they did last week against Oregon, but certainly not enough to keep pace with uh, Caleb Williams and them. So I'm going to take USC 52-28. So uh, they'll cover that spread, and I'm actually going to make USC my luck. All right. Yeah. What's the is that is it a really high over under there? I missed that. Yeah, it was like seventy four something like that. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Okay. So like fifty twenty five. Yeah. All right. Um. So I'm. Let's move on to Florida at Kentucky. Kentucky is favored one. I'll lead us off. So I'm really not confident in this game at all. Um. Because we it's hard you know, when it's like we, pick them essentially. Yeah, and we finally get to see what Kentucky really has. They're they're four and zero, but the best team they've played is yeah. Vanderbilt. Um, Trash. My first instinct in this was to back the Gators. I, I want to believe that they've turned a corner since that Tennessee win, but I'm just yeah. not fully set, you know, fully um, sold on, on Graham Mertz on the road. That game was you know in the swamp against Tennessee. They were riled up, and Kentucky they they do sport a good defense. Um, they're going to be amped to have Florida in town. Yeah. So I'm going to take Kentucky, but I say that because I'm also, I don't love what I've seen from Devin Leary. Like he's thrown five picks this year, two yeah. last week against Vanderbilt, 50% completions there. Um, so the, the offense has also left some things to be desired, but yeah. you know, so the way I, I'm going to take Kentucky at home, but if the Gators win this on the road, I'm back in. I just want to see it though. Yeah, I hear you. Um, it's a huge, it's a big game in the SEC East, man. They're both one and zero in the SEC, and I don't know. It's just uh, for you know, obviously for uh, um, Florida head Napier? coach. Wow, yeah, Napier. Wow, it's crazy how I just like for I forget <laughs> Napier's name more than anybody. I don't know why. Weird. Um, yeah, but you know, it'd be a huge win for him just to continue the the momentum. But um, yeah. I'm I'm leaning with Florida. Um, on this one, though, I'm not too encouraged, encouraged by what I've seen from Devin Leary, like you said. I mean, yeah, that's so he hasn't weird. been good. I mean, he, and they've played four trash teams. You know, I, I know. mean, it's not like he's playing gangbusters. So, you know, 15 of 29 last week, a couple of picks, like you said, five picks in just four games, one of the weakest schedules in the country. So it's been ugly. Florida is going to be by far the best defense that they've played. So, you know, I'm, I'm assuming there's going to be some errors and mistakes and some picks yeah. from, from Devin Leary. Mertz, though, he's been sharp. Like, he's not like a game buster or anything. He's not going to go make a million plays, but he has been managing the game. And, you know, I think with that, the good defense that they have, that's going to be enough against Kentucky. He's only thrown one pick. Um, he's completing 77% of his passes, and his schedule's actually been hard. He's played Utah and Tennessee. Uh, so, you know, much better competition. So I'm going to lean on the Gator defense and the, the team that's not really making any mistakes. So, uh, I'll take the Gators um, in a close one. All right, moving on. We've got Georgia is favored 14 and a half at Auburn. What do you think? Yeah, and I don't know. I feel like in these types of games, especially with the you know the Georgias and the Alabamas, I like to go with the home underdogs. Um, but I, I can't do it with Auburn right now. Uh, and that offense is just too 
scary for me to have to rely on. Passing game is looking pretty pathetic. Um, last week, they were 9 of 23 for 56 yards against Texas A&M. Um, and A&M, I mean, they're a good defense, but they're not elite. You know, they've, they've Miami passed the yard all over the all over them. And, you know, even New Mexico's put up a little bit. So, yeah, um, not encouraged. I don't think Auburn's going to be able to do much. Um, Georgia should dominate. Um, you know, I, I do like Auburn's D. Their, their defense is good, and they battle. And they're going to keep them in the game, I think, for the first half. But, you know, in the end, I think, kind of like the South Carolina game for Georgia, the floodgates will open eventually. The offense will get moving. And I just think Georgia is going to be too much for them. So 14 and a half, I'll, I'll give that with, with the Bulldogs. Yeah, we see it pretty similar. I'm going to, even though it is the first road game and it's a lot of points, I'm going to give it with Georgia. Um, I, like you said, against South Carolina, they didn't look great, but they really, they really, uh, got a wake up call and dominate in the second half. Yeah. Uh, I think they're going to feast on that, the lack of a passing game. They shuffled quarterbacks last week. They had 56 yards passing against Texas A&M. Like yeah. I know. And that's, and obviously Georgia has a good defense as well. I'm sure freeze is going to try and scheme up uh, some things up, you know, at home to help, uh, help them out, but it's going to be tough against Kirby's defense. Yeah. It's the, the thorn is not really working out uh, in Ashford. Oh my goodness. Yeah. He's athletic, but not a threat with his arm. No, not at all. Um, all right, moving on to a huge game. Big 12. We love this game. Oh, every year, we look forward to it. Kansas at Texas. Longhorns are favored 16 and a half. So this is such a tough, uh, dangerous game for Texas. They they have yeah. the Red River, Red River rivalry looming next week, which is one. obviously setting up to be massive. Yeah. Um, and in this situation, how explosive Kansas offense is, I would usually lean to them, but I'm actually going to back the Longhorns again. And here's why. I, I love Jalen Daniels. I love Lance Leipold. But I don't think they're quite as good as their 4-0 record shows. Two weeks ago, they had to pull it out late against a really bad Nevada team that hasn't won a game this year, and they were a big favorite. Mm-hmm. Last week against BYU, it was a solid win, but they had two defensive touchdowns in that game one by 11. I don't foresee something like that happening again. And for Texas, I like how Jonathan Brooks has been running for Texas the last couple of weeks. They can play ball control, keep the ball out of uh, Daniel's hands. And that, that defense of the Longhorns has been smothering. So I think they can get enough stops. Like last week in Waco against Baylor, they didn't even let Baylor get the home crowd involved at all. They just dominated start to finish. So not saying it'll be like that, but I'm picking Texas. Okay. I'm going to go the other way. I'll, I'll take the Jayhawks. Three out of the last four times that these teams have met, it's been a one-score game. Uh, so they've, they've, played, they've played some close ones, although last year was a butt-whooping by Texas. It was like 55 to nothing or something, but <laughs> it's okay. Let's forget that. Um, but, you know, and, you know, the, uh, Texas or Kansas beat Texas, of course, in 2021. They beat them in, back in 2016. So it's not quite unheard of for, for the Jayhawks. And they, they, they play against Texas pretty tough. So I don't think they're going to be scared to go into Austin here. I think they're going to go in there inspecting to win. I think Jalen Daniels, listen, I know Texas got a really good defense, but Jalen Daniels, I think will find some, some ways to make some, some plays. He's, he's pretty darn good. Um, and you know, Kansas defense has shown improvement. Uh, you know, they're stopping the run pretty well this year. They're actually getting after the quarterback pretty solid and they're turning some teams over They're plus three in the turnover margin. So I don't, I think they're going to have just enough to kind of hang in there and at least make it interesting and stay within two scores. All right. We've got next LSU is favored two and a half at Ole Miss. 
Yeah. Um, definitely disappointed in Ole Miss's effort last week. We kind of touched on against Bama. I thought they were going to go in there and make it close. But um, I, I think for me, the most disappointing thing about Ole Miss so far um, it's just their running game has not really clicked. Oh, no, yeah, that's right. Quinchon Judkin, uh, yeah, I thought he was going to be tearing it up this year. I mean, he was awesome last year, um, but just not – hasn't really. they haven't really got it going. So, I mean, they haven't been been horrible, but it's just not not where it should be. Um, you know, otherwise uh, – other than on the other side, we got LSU. I mean, they won a tough game at Arkansas. You know, say what you want about Arkansas. I was, not L- best, I was at LSU. Or sorry, excuse me. Yeah, against LSU, I should say. But yeah, uh, Arkansas is still a tough team. I, you know, KJ Jefferson's a good quarterback. So I don't I, any win against them. I'm going to say is a good win. Um, I just feel like LSU is the better team overall. I think they're better on both sides of the ball. Got to take the Tigers. This game is so weird to me. I, I just can't figure them out. Um, I I kind of agree with your assessment, but I'll just since I, I'm flipping a coin almost, I'm going to take the two and a half with Ole Miss at home. I look at it like their backs are against the wall. They don't want to lose two in a row, and they'd be basically eliminated, obviously, from the West race. Um, and with Florida, with LSU, I'm like I was a little bit unimpressed against Florida State. Granted, they're it's not a bad loss, but then I oohed and awed over them with their win at Mississippi State. Yeah, and last week the shootout at home to Arkansas, like they kind of go in this roller coaster. I don't know what to expect, and I also don't know how good Ole Miss is either. So, um, but I do know that LSU's defense isn't as dominant as Alabama's, which Ole Miss just faced. So hopefully Dart can get that offense, maybe that running game going a little bit more. So not oozing with confidence here because I do yeah. like LSU, but I'll take the desperate home dog. All right. Moving on to uh Notre Dame and a tough spot for Notre Dame. How are they how are they going to respond here? Their favorite six at Duke. Tough team. Yeah, and and Duke gets their first uh Game day for football there. Uh, not bad. This one's tough as well, but I'm going to take the Irish to bounce back. Um, Duke hasn't done anything wrong. Like I like Riley, Riley Leonard, Mike Elko, but Notre Dame, they're, they're superior. Uh, if, if they're mentally there after that crushing loss last week, I, I think Hartman's veteran leadership can, can help with that. Um, Estime um, will have some bigger holes than last week, and I think they'll have some rushing success. Hartman, he's been outstanding all the, this whole year. And the defense, it travels. You know, um, they should be in sync, obviously, after that 10-man gaff that they had. I think they're going to get some stops on Leonard and, and get the road win. Okay, I'm going to go the other way here. Um, I'm, I'm going to go with Duke. Yeah, I'm taking the points plus six. Man, Someone's going to have really a good or think. bad week between us, Ryan. We're going against each other. I know. I know. But it's, I mean, Notre Dame just went through, through such a tough physical it's, game. It's brutal. It's going to be real hard for them to get up for this one, too. Like, it, it really is. That makes a difference, man, especially going on the road. That's tough. Duke, on the other hand, they've had three easy wins in a row, um, and they're playing really well. So they're feeling good about themselves and fresh. Riley Leonard, quarterback for Duke here, is, I mean, he's playing great. And, you know, we saw him come up huge against Clemson in week one. Yeah. Um, he made some great plays. I mean, their they're passing game still sputters here and there, but he finds ways with his legs to, to kind of keep that offense moving. And I think they're going to play inspired, you know, they're, they're rested. They're ready to go. They did it against Clemson. I, I think it's going to be jumping the place, uh, you know, uh, at Duke. So, you know, I think they're a legit kind of top 25 team and they should be ready to go. And I don't know, I, I'm not sure Notre Dame is going to be able to match Duke's kind of energy level on this one. So I'm going Dukey. Yeah. 
That'll be that'll be a fun one to watch. Yeah. All right, I'm going to close out uh, the week's previews here with Washington. Ryan, the team you brought up at the top, their favorite yeah. 18 and a half at Arizona. And like you said, I think they probably have been the most impressive team so far this season, uh, at least one of them for sure. Yeah. Penix has been unstoppable. DeBoer just unbelievable. But I'm going with Arizona. I'm taking the points. Weird things can happen late night in Tucson. Yeah, Jay Delora, he he he's a gunslinger. Sometimes you get the good version of him, sometimes the bad. But I'm banking on the good one here. You know, last year I remember them, they pulled out an upset win at number 12 UCLA. They gave USC all they could handle in Tucson. And this year they lost in overtime at Mississippi State. So I think they can they can hang. Um the Huskies, their defense, it is improved, but they still give up three, 370 yards per game. So they can get scored on. Uh, so that's why I'm going to take the 18 and a half because at the very least, I think the back door would be open. Okay. Fair enough. Yeah. Well, you know, Washington's just ahead so much that they, the other teams, I know they, they, exactly. (laughs) That is part of it for sure, but that doesn't fit my narrative, Ryan. No, not at all. Um, all right, Trey, what do you say? We, uh, finish off the episode with a questionable finish. All right. All right. We have a couple five-star reviews that we, uh, we haven't brought up. And one of them is from Els Down back in August. And it was, he says, Barry and Brown for Heisman is the title. Kentucky guy here. I love the podcast. Great hosts, knowledgeable and likable. I could have said that. Yeah. But just three things. One, stop underrating Kentucky. Hey, we're giving them a chance this week. This is a perfect time. Let's do it. You are. Uh, Number two, bring back the old, yeah, I am. Bring back the old intro, which. I could see that. I did like that that intro music. That was pretty good. Yeah. Uh, and number three, Barry and Brown for Heisman. Um, okay, that's not going to happen, but <laughs> he could have a big impact maybe the rest of the way. But he says, thanks, bros, and keep doing what you're doing to pay for Ryan's nasty Coke habit. That is... Thanks. That's true. We appreciate that. Keep this up. <laughs> yep. yep. <laughs> all right. Uh, thank you for that. L's down. Um, all right, this next one here, we got a five-star review from Brett, uh, kind of back in August. Um, he says, what a college football pod should be about. You guys are great. No unnecessary banter. No screaming hot takes. I usually have, like, the hottest takes, but it's not that yeah. spicy. Um, just casual, intelligent conversation um, and respect for different opinions. Um, love how you say what needs to be said in 20 minutes. Uh, keep it up. Maybe do some mailbag questions. Yeah, mailbags are good. Um, or yeah, incorporate a game between us three to to switch it up, which that's fair. We, we can kind of remember we, we could do that. We do more of those yeah. in the off season, but we could mix yeah. one in during the season. Yeah, that's true. All right, Ryan, um, it's time upset special. What is it, dude? I'm doing it. I'm doing it. Nebraska, oh. Nebraska. Man. What? Yeah, I'm doing it. Yep. They're going to oh, beat Michigan. Oh, <laughs> You're a liar. Hey. No, I'm actually going to pick Nebraska here. For real. Uh, you know, uh, it's what, 17 oh. points or so like that? The line Maybe. does seem, why is it not higher? Nebraska's got a good defense. And Michigan has not looked like super stellar on offense. I mean, I don't know they're good, but they, I think Nebraska can really make yeah. it challenging on them and keep the game kind of interesting. Maybe Nebraska can get lucky, kind of like break a couple, one or two runs, you know, Harburg and or uh, Anthony Grant. So, you know, try to play ball control, rely on the defense. Maybe Nebraska can keep it low scoring and somehow get lucky. Um, I think Nebraska is going to play an inspired game. 
They should at home yeah. should be rocking. Yeah. Uh, wow. You of all people, I did not I know, right? did not see that coming. Yeah. Uh, okay, I'm gonna take West Virginia. They're getting 12 and a half yeah. at TCU. Still not bought in on TCU. West Virginia. They've been better so far this year. Better defense. wins against Pitt and Texas Tech last couple weeks. Uh, Neil Brown obviously could help save his job here with a win against the Horn Frogs. Yep. All right, so um, so that's it for this week's episode of the College Football Bros. Ryan, any final comments without Michael here? Best know, episode ever, probably. I mean, when was the last? How many times? How many episodes have we done without Michael? Maybe one, two. Other if than the that, solos, but this is uh, yeah. This was very we enjoyable. Had a couple. Yeah. I know. I like the two-person yeah. episodes better, actually, to be honest. Wow. <laughs> you know, All right. Well, it's fun with one of you guys out. Yeah, good to know. All right. Well, uh, but yeah, thanks again for listening. Enjoy the games this week, and we'll talk to you next week.